for The Athletic. He's Bruce Feldman. Let's start with BYU to the Big 12. It's good on all fronts, I think, for BYU. I saw this point made earlier today, and I can't disagree with it, that it might be the best basketball conference now in the country. And that is a good side perk. This was a great outcome for the Big 12, considering what happened less than two months ago with the news of Texas and OU leaving. So now you have four pretty defined brands, in BYU's case, one that is very defined. They have a big following, a big fan base, a program that is coming off a lot of success that has some visibility. I think that's a big plus for Bob Bowles being the Big 12 to bring him. Mason Wake with us now for our weekly conversation. You guys played one heck of a ball game. The streak gets snapped and it just had to feel pretty good. From the first play, we just had that confidence that we go in there and win and they've been the bully the last nine years and Coach Clark told us to stare down the bully and we just weren't scared at all and we just took care of business. Did you know you were going to win or were you surprised that you won and that added to the euphoria afterwards? We knew we were going to win. That wasn't really a surprise to us. It was the fans that were surprised. If they would have felt the atmosphere during practice throughout the week, they would have not been half surprised, but we felt like we had nothing to lose, so that's just the confidence you got to have playing a good team in Utah, and the fans really celebrated after. It was pretty fun. Bruce Feldman's come up with a list of possible replacements for Clay Hilton at USC. Bruce says one other intriguing name among the sitting head coaches a Pac-12 source mentioned is BYU Satake. Kalani's deserving of that kind of consideration. My experience with USC through the years, I just don't know if Kalani is a big enough name for them. I've also seen lists with Kyle Whittingham's name on it. I don't think Kyle's going anywhere. No, and I would put the likelihood of Kalani getting that job low for some of the reasons you're alluding to, but I will say I think he would do a good job at USC. Former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. Want to get your thoughts on the quarterback play from Jaron Hall. Certainly made a bunch of big plays. Jaron had the game of his life. Maybe statistically it wasn't monstrous, but the way he played was exactly what BYU needed. He does such a good job of not relying too heavily on his running ability. He obviously has it, but he doesn't get happy feet. He mixes it in right when it's needed most. And I thought he did that really well on Saturday. That play towards the end of the game where he stayed in the pocket, waited, waited, scrambled a little bit, created time, and then hit Hill down to the goal line. That play right there kind of epitomized his skill set, his throwing ability, but also his ability to extend plays. It was huge. Utah tight end Cole Fotheringham with us. You guys put the rivalry game behind you quite yet? You moving on to San Diego State? Yes, sir. We got the film in this morning. We're going to make the corrections, and now our focus is on uh, San Diego State. Coaches like to use these situations as teaching moments. What did you see that stood out to you as a needing improvement? I think that, you know, as a team, we came out maybe a little too confident, and BYU had a great game plan, and they played a great game. They gave it to us, so all the respect to those guys, and we learned from our mistakes, and now we're ready to get after the next opponent. <laughs> is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a football Friday on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live today from the Mountain America Expo Center, 97, uh, 9575 South State Street. It's the Utah RV Super Show going down this weekend here at the Mountain America Expo Center. Austin Horton, of course, producing today back at our Carrier Zone studios at Vivint Arena. And it is football Friday, Gordon, and uh, that means Coach Mack and Alema are along for the ride today. What's going on, guys? We're here to see which RV um, Gordon's going to be driving home today and if there's room in there for, for us. Gordon was doing his research yesterday. Gordon, Gordon was he – was, he was – uh, kicking the tires? Yeah, here's that... the thing, though. I'm not really an RV guy, as you have pointed out many times, but – I'm open to the possibility. Yeah. How, how how old are you? Uh, give just give me a, a range. I'm uh, just shy eighty five. Oh. <laughs> shy. Yeah. Hey, hey, when you get down, forget RV. What, what, once once you hit like fifty five, you are an RV guy. Oh really? Or have the potential to be because you drive around and you see RVs on the road and you look at the misses and you say, "Hey, babe, what you know? We could get one of those, don't you?" Wouldn't that be fun to, to, to kind of cruise around in one of those? And you'll either get the thumbs up or the thumbs down, but you become an RV guy at that point in your life because you're, you're looking for, like, 
you know, different ways to adventure and different ways to holiday. And when we're on the road and and traveling, my wife and our, our two little boys, not not so little anymore, but we're at Zion's or Arches or, you know, down in Moab, different, you know, parts of the, the state. We see these RVs all over the place. And, and I, I'm looking at them like, hey, maybe, you know, because – well, otherwise, that could be you, Eleven. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you're driving in, and you know, just an SUV typically, and um, you know, everything's packed into the back, and so it, it, I think at a certain point, probably around 55, <laughs> you start to become a potential RV guy. Coach Mac, what, no, what you, 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 you want to weigh in on RVs? No, I'm not. I'm not going the RV. Not going I, that I, route. He I, stays. I, he stays I, at the. Uh, at the high class. Oh, yeah. No, I, I stay at somebody else's house. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, know, you know, this is, this. sorry, i got to tell this story. One of the nicest golf courses I ever played on, uh, and I've probably told you this before, Limo, but uh, it was a beautiful golf, super expensive. And uh, so I say, oh, what the heck, you know, I'll go ahead and pay it. Thank so, you, so, Austin. So, so I go ahead and, and play it, and I come back, and I'm talking to Mac, I said, Mac, I played this golf course. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've played that a lot of times. I said, really? It's really expensive. He said, ah, I got a guy. <laughs> That's right. That's and right. you know what I'm talking about. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, a little hey. course near, uh, near Newport. Yeah. Well, yeah. I did. I, have a, I had a guy in the pro shop there, yep. and, and uh, I just you walk in. Just, yeah. Hey. yeah. And then yeah. he says, you know, <laughs> Mac, Mac has a guy everywhere. That's he the does. thing. Everywhere. He is the man with the guy. Yeah. You awesome. earned it. You earned it, Mac. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to see you both. Uh, the, the rivalry game has come and gone, and I thought we'd start off today's show uh, giving a little credit where credit is due. Austin? I'll give you mine. I'll be quick. 21 to 17 is the final score. BYU wins. Uh, on uh, and the go-ahead touchdown will be a Samson Nakua reception for a touchdown. Wow, that's yeah. very specific. Okay, I gave a different score, I think, when I did it on TV, but it was still, it was still a low-scoring game. It was somewhat in that neighborhood, but when you give two different scores, and you can win twice. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's yeah, like, you have Samson Nakua winning both both times. Yeah, or? both times. Either, uh, either way, Samson. But Nakua. and the guy might not even yeah. play. <laughs> <laughs> What do you told, think? We've been told he's 100%, so we're going with that. Yeah, but did the limits say he was going to take his helmet off and get a 15-yard penalty? Hey, 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 that? Downer, <laughs> hey, Downer Donald, hang on there for a second. That score was hey. almost right on. Yeah. 26-17 turned out to be the final, and Samson Nakua made one of the biggest plays in the game. Yeah. How about our guy? Yeah. How about yeah. well, that? Uh, hey, I Coach not was bad. what, I was the president of the church? I'm getting close. Yeah, you are. Hey, well, well, that was prophetic. After you, nine years being wrong, he's finally <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. There's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> well, a well-deserved victory. You know, I mean, they they outplayed us in, in all facets of the game. Offense, defense, special teams, all facets. So it wasn't like there was any question, and there was no question that BYU on that day was the better team. They deserved the win. They physically outplayed us, mentally outplayed us. I mean, so there was no like, well, if we'd have done this, if we had done that, we, you know, if we, you know, and it seemed like every opportunity that Utah had a chance to change the tempo of the game, like I think the fourth and two. You know, and just before the half or whatever, mm-hmm. and I think they ran an inside zone. It's almost the same inside zone they ran against Cal five years ago. You know, oh yeah, and at it, Cal, and the same blitz, and they didn't pick it up. Yeah, you know, and and give credit to probably Kevin Kloon, who knows, you know, who knows their offense pretty well because he's been around the program. And also the defensive coordinator, you know. So they they made a good call. Utah's offensive line didn't pick it up. And then all the all the zone schemes for BYU defensively, you're supposed to get knocked back on the zone. They're they're the defensive linemen were playing everything lateral. And what happens if you're 
everything's going lateral, there's always going to be a crease. So that back just, you know, especially the, I, I love the one, the, the, the starting back for BYU. Algiers. I, Algiers. I, I think yeah. Algiers, I think is really a good player because mm-hmm. he's a second effort guy and he has good vision. So all he has to do on the zone, if they're going, if they're not getting penetration, he's just looking, he's going, 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 looking. And then as soon as he sees a space, he just takes it up. And then I don't know what they were doing on off of the, uh, you know, up the zone keep with the quarterback. So the, the defensive end away from the play ordinarily has any keep off of that. He has a quarterback. But it's either he has a quarterback or the linebacker has a quarterback. So I don't know whether they didn't work on it because BYU hadn't shown it, and maybe they thought because this kid, they didn't want the kid to get hit, mm-hmm. you know. And and I tell you what, he hit the, he hit the zone keep at least four times for huge, huge, not just big plays, but huge plays. Yeah. And and we had nobody home. We had nobody home. I have no idea what the defensive end or the line, whoever, you either have the end and as that responsibility or the backside linebacker. That one play, Mac, when he, uh, when uh, Jaron Hall went around the corner right. and all the way down the sideline, stepped out of bounds, but he, yeah, that was impressive. But he took one step forward, and the guy bit on it, and then he just ran right around. Well, yeah, him. but to see the, the the defensive end is supposed to stay squared up, and you play the quarterback from inside out, so you have your inside foot up. You force the quarterback wide, but you keep square, and you you force him to to slow down his, his movement and let people catch up with. But if the defensive end turns a little bit in with his body then he loses the ability to play in space. And then what happens is you got a guy that's mobile like this kid and he goes out there and he's got and he's got nobody especially if they're doing it into the hash. They they got a corner out there that's being you know, being base blocked by the wide receiver or if they're playing man, they're running that guy off. So then the safety has to fill the outside to, to play the uh, to play the quarterback. And uh, and they they gave that up at least three or four times, and for big plays at key at key times. And so, um, so you know, obviously, Utah can't be happy with any facet of how they played. And that's just you know, hopefully, a learning lesson for them that you don't just show up and you win a game because that's not how it goes. And and give BYU credit for what they did because they came to play football. And there was no question from the beginning that they came to play football. And and Utah kind of feeds off of plays. You know, they're a team that feeds off a pick, feeds off a, a, a turnover, feeds off uh, a big play by a running back, and then they kind of get, you know. But there was never a time in the game where they could feed into, into a play somebody made. And then you... And then they put the big guy in the game uh, when they were had when they were first first and ten from maybe the four yard line or whatever it was. He runs the ball five, runs the ball six, and then he fumbles. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there you go again. So then all of a sudden you have a little juice, and then you got no juice because. And if you looked at the film, the guy had the ball down by his hip. You know, he didn't have it up here. Like he's supposed to have it high and tight, the ball was down when he got knocked out. The ball was down by his hip for some reason, and I don't know the kid well enough to know what they'd worked on during the week because he had. And sometimes, with a kid that fumbles, you put in his mind, "Don't fumble," rather than use a positive phrase and say, "Secure the football." And so, if you keep telling a guy not to fumble, he's going to fumble. If you tell a guy to secure the football, then then that's what he's going to do. But if you tell him don't fumble, so it's in his mind, he's carrying the ball, don't fumble. So it depends what kind of, um, how you approach the kid with what what you're telling him. And um, ball security is, 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 uh, is a huge key. And that kid has a lot of talent. Now, 
are they going to trust him in a game? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's Coach Witt we're talking about. Yeah, again, it might so. take a while. And, 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 and by the way, fumbleitis is real. And, and guys that, that start to, to kind of becomes a chronic condition where you just can't hang on to the ball. And Coach is, is absolutely right. Part of it is the way that you handle it. And if you keep on talking about don't fumble the ball, don't fumble the ball, that's so in your mind as a player that, that you're thinking either so much about that that you're not running strong and then you become vulnerable or it, it, it's almost like a reverse psychology and it just throws you off and, and it's almost becomes a um, uh, something that, that you can't avoid. And, and a, a self-fulfilling prophecy uh, that, that you, know, you can't hang on to the ball. And then, you know, then you're on the sideline again, and you're, all you can think about is, I'm on the sideline right now because I fumbled the ball. And you start, your confidence starts to wane. Then Bernard starts running the ball well, and you're starting to feel like, man, I, you know, maybe I'm not going to see the field in this game again. There's a lot of things that play into it. And give credit to BYU's defense and what Tuiaki did, which was to change up some things and give them a few things that they hadn't seen. BYU did that offensively as well, as you mentioned, with some of the runs that were designed for Jaron Hall. But the thing that I liked the most about the game was that BYU won that game. They weren't lucky. It's not, it wasn't like, oh, man, they got lucky at the end. They won the game, which either way, it's still a win. But for, for BYU, I think as you go into now another Pac-12 opponent in Arizona State, you're starting to feel like, hey, man, we, we just beat two Pac-12 opponents, and we got another one coming in, and, and we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. They, they looked good in, in every facet, as Coach mentioned, of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. And I, I can't recall the last time that BYU was on the positive side of the turnover margin. Zero and yeah, right? zero <laughs> and and so and both of those happened in the first quarter, and they were big tone setting type plays. Even though BYU didn't score on one of them, they're still big tone setting plays for the Cougars that that gave them the impression, or maybe the validation necessary, that says we can play with these guys, and. For for BYU fan, I think the the nice part was to see BYU play to their up to their potential and win the game like that, as opposed to being lucky to win a field goal at the end or something like that. Like that? <laughs> or no, nothing fluky? Nothing fluky? <laughs> nothing fluky. Yeah. And then the other question that I had coming out of that game <laughs> was: Is Brewer that good? You know, because he sure he was great at Baylor, he looked really good against Weber State, but he looked very pedestrian well, against the Cougars. Well, here's the thing: uh, first of all, he, he's not a guy that can escape because he doesn't have. He's not one of those guys. He's a pocket guy, a play action guy, and I think he's I think he's really a good quarterback. But I don't think the protection was that good, and they ran some blitzes that. Obviously, we didn't pick up, you know, and uh, and never give the kid a, a really a chance to play. And and it was and it was kind of hard to figure out offensively, kind of what they were trying to get done, you know, because it, it it seemed like you know like there wasn't really rhythm to the offense on that particular on that particular day, and it looked like they were looking for something that was gonna ignite the work and uh, and it seemed like boy maybe we jump to this or maybe we jump to this or maybe we jump to this it was the but I could kind of tell what BYU was doing what their approach was and they stayed with their approach and I think Utah was maybe looking for the for the approach and probably got away from what they had originally thought that they could do against uh, against BYU and and 
they'll look back. Obviously, those guys were replaying that game, you know, all day Sunday, all day Monday. And what you hope is that because everybody's talking about it so much, it can affect the players on the next game you play. Mm -hmm. You mean a positive or negative way? Negative way. Mm -hmm. Because anybody you see on the street that knows a player, you know, they go, what's wrong with you? You know, I mean, it's the first thing they say. What's wrong with you? You just got your, your butt kicked by by BYU. And you're better than them, you know. And so that's in, <laughs> and that's in their their mind, you know. Mm -hmm. And so you see this this 320-pound kid that's all chiseled up, and he's walking campus, and, and the Slumping. little guy carrying his books says, hey, dude, what's wrong with you? you know? and, and the guy looks at him like... <laughs> and I got, you got nothing to say. But as a coaching staff, you got to get that out of their mind. Otherwise, it'll carry over to the San Diego State game. Now, San Diego State is still running the ABC defense, which is Rocky Long's defense. Okay, you got to be really smart to pick it up because you got to change your approach as far as your scheme because – your rules don't hold up. In other words, your base blocking rules against that defense don't hold up because regardless of where they align, when the ball snapped, everybody's assigned to a gap. Okay? So you got to know that, that that guy that's in the A gap could end up in the C gap on the opposite side, but there's going to be a guy show up on the A gap on the front side. So you got to make sure that, that you understand the ABC defense and what it's designed to do and and uh, and where the Aztec what they call the Aztec back is lined up which is a, a safety linebacker type guy and so and then if, if 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 you're not totally prepared for that scheme it'll mess you up because you'll be throwing some no hitters so so Jim Harding he has to do a really good job this week of getting everybody right. Make sure you understand where your gaps are. And sometimes when you're playing this this particular defense, you got to change schematically your protection. And you got to change schematically, you know, how you're blocking the run game, how you're doing certain things. And I think the first time I saw that defense was probably 1975 maybe was – was uh, Jim Coletto ran that at at, at uh, Fullerton State? I think it was in 1974, 75, and then and then and and Jim Coletto was a UCLA prodigy, and so was Rocky. So all that so that came from Coletto down to Rocky, uh, you know, to and and a little the Desert Storm defense. That, that Dick had at, at uh, Arizona. Arizona, at, yeah. Arizona was under the same philosophy, same approach, you know. But for but, those who don't know, you're talking about a three-three-five essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's it's just it's just so no matter how you align, there's always going to be somebody in the proper gaps. Hmm. And, I, I wanted to ask you though. Both of you mentioned the turnovers uh, in the BYU Utah game. What about the play near the end of the first half, uh, a few minutes left, and uh, Utah's trailing 10-7, to 7, and Kyle decides to go for it on fourth and two or fourth right. and three, whatever it was, and they don't get it. And then BYU marches right down the field and scores again. Right. Uh, what what about that decision, Matt? Well, well, well hey, well, let's let's throw a tease on this because okay, this right. is this. The, the, I'm glad you brought that up, Gordon. We're, let's get Coach's uh, perspective on that. The tease. I like that's that. coming up next segment. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the tease. That's next that, segment. Hey. Don't go anywhere. Mac is about to pontificate <laughs> yeah. Yeah. on that play, <laughs> hey, 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 which was hey, key in hey, the game. Hey, Jake is really picking up on his radio stuff. <laughs> I'm trying. Hey, I'm doing my hey, best. Hey, you let's know? pick up. Hey, let's do a tease, you know. He's, See, only, he's only been doing it for 20 years. Yeah, I, know, I know when to throw the brakes on a good question and say, hey, stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's well, coming Jake, up next. Jake has kind of moved up in the hierarchy. Oh, yeah. He's of, a big of, shot. Well, yes, well, I don't know been, about that. He's, yeah. become, he's become a voice of reason. I'm here with you three, though. That's a good thing. 
I'm enjoying that. That's got to mean something, right? Uh, it is Football Friday on the Big Show, live from the Utah RV Super Show here at the Mountain America Expo Center, 9575 South State Street, going on now throughout the weekend. Well, more coming up next on Football Friday on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Samson Nakua joins us now, BYU wide receiver. The schedule goes on, and it was a big emotional win. Fans stormed the field. We all saw all that stuff. How do you put that behind you now? Because you got a whole bunch of games. You got another Pac-12 team coming up this week. I think it's an easy win to put behind us. I think that game is just another game to us for what we have planned for this year, and we have to focus on this next game. We want to do big things this year. We want to show everyone that last year wasn't a fluke, that we can do the same thing, and it starts with this game again. We knocked out two Pac-12 teams already. Let's knock out one more Pac-12 teams and then move into regular season and show everyone what we can do. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Score to when Kalani was your Cougars at 30 update here on the big show on a football Friday. Here's James MP asked about trying to avoid the rivalry hangover against the Arizona is a, a good team. Utah's a good team. Um, being able to play um, that that caliber of team early is is great for us. You know, it's we get a, a ton of learning, a ton of great competition. You know, chances to improve and grow, and and in moments like this, you know, check out the film and, and see what you can do better to prepare for the next one. And you know, looking looking forward, or we're excited for this challenge. You know, ASU's, you know, they they've got a ton of talent. They play really hard, and they're they're a physical team. And so, you know, we're excited to just you know uh, step up to the plate for the next challenge and and hopefully keep this thing rolling. Subtape brought to you by Davis Vision. It's their back-to-school sale. Get $1,000 off LASIK and get rid of those contacts or glasses forever. Call 801-253-3080. LASIK can uh, be an affordable option, and financing is available. Don't wait. Call today, 801-253-3080, or online at davisvisionmd.com. That's Davis Vision. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. The Aggies kick off Mountain West Conference play with a battle with the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Hear all the play-by-play action on the Zone Sports Network, beginning with the pregame show at 4.30. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big show on a football Friday. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Coach Mac, Alema Harrington as well. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Band of the day today, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, selected by Austin and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Live at the RV Super Show, Mountain America Expo Center, 9575 South State Street. All right, Gordon, do a little radio rewind, uh, reset your uh, your topic here for uh, the guys. Okay, so Alema and Coach Mack, they talked about the turnovers in the BYU-Utah game and the effect that had on the uh, outcome. So there was another play toward the end of the first half that was pretty pivotal, I thought. BYU's up 10-7. Utah's driving. They make it down to, what, the 8-yard line? And uh, they have fourth down and a couple yards to go. And a field goal ties it up. But a touchdown uh, gives you the lead. So uh, what does Kyle Whittingham do? He decides to go for it. The Utes don't get it, and BYU turns around and marches down the field for a, a touchdown. Your thoughts on that, Matt, well, and the effect it had well, on the Utes especially. Well, first of all, I'm watching the game, and I'm saying kick it, go get the tie. Because if you don't make it on a fourth and two, it, the, the whole thing goes negative on your sideline. And all of a sudden, when your defense goes on the on the field, they're saying, what just happened? You know, and what is what is the reaction on the sideline? We gotta go in there and you call it what you call it in football is a sudden change, you know, and and, and 
you learn how to play in sudden change and in which BYU did and Utah goes back on the field and they're kind of playing on their heels a little bit and BYU instead of just setting on the ball they they had an aggressive uh, approach to it so they'll look at that and I heard people during the week say and I could have been on 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 your show say that 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 play had nothing to do with the game and that that is a bunch of bs because i think that play had a lot to do with the game because it changed the momentum was was on utah's side and then it went right back to byu and then when you go in at half and you're at a in a negative all you're doing is you're i, I don't know what the proper word to use without swearing but <laughs> So, all you're doing is you're, you're. Don't you're, do it, Mac. Don't do it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to pick my words. In other words, so you keep from, as a coach, you keep from going crazy. You know, the offensive line coach is is going crazy because you didn't pick up the run through back or whomever you didn't pick up or you didn't get any knockoff. Then the defensive line coach is going nuts. Hey, how come you couldn't stop that play? And then the secondary guy's the same thing. And then the guy who's coaching the defensive end, they run a couple of zone reads, and the guy hits up for 14, 15 yards. What are you doing? So all of a sudden. Chaos? Yeah. There's, yeah. And so it just depends how they handled it at halftime. And then as Eliminos, the first drive of the third quarter is probably the most important drive of the second half because you've got to either take over the game at that time or you've got to be, you know, submit. So coming out at half, Utah need to take the game over right there. What's the thought process on a decision like going for it or tying well, the game with well, an I easy think, I think Kyle, field goal? Kyle probably looked to to Andy, and they they said, "Hey, if you got the play to give us two yards on the fourth down," and he's going, "Sure." I mean, that's what you, you hope he'd say. Yeah, that, this is what we've been working on. This is what where the weakness is. This is where we get two yards, and then we need to take over the game right here. And so, I'm not, I'm not necessarily second guessing the decision because they made a decision based on what they thought was good at the time and um, and sounds like you're kind of second guessing it uh-huh that's not what you would have done at that at that time i would have probably kicked it you know I, I i think these days in college football there is so many there's there's the stats are are insane. The analytics are insane. Yeah. Coach Wood the said it was a percentage of of you know they can look at the percentage down and distance place on the field. How many times? What are the percentages that you will get the first down? And I'm sure it was in their favor. Um, that that's part of why you make the decision. The hard part is head coaches don't make a lot, especially a defensive coordinator head coach. Don't, they don't make a lot of decisions on the field when the offense has the ball. But they make that decision, right? Um, when it's fourth and short, well, whether you're going to go for it or you're going to kick the field goal, that that is 100% onus on the head coach. You know, there's other parts of, of the game offensively where you still take ownership of it, but anybody watching knows that, well, the offensive coordinator, that's his, as we would say in Hawaii, his kuleana, right? That's his prerogative. That's his part that he has to take care of. So that, that was big, and I, I think people sometimes – and, and probably when you are hearing somebody say, well, that wasn't, you know, that, that, that play wasn't that important. Sudden change in a game, you have probably less than a handful of true opportunities to, to shift momentum in a game. Uh, and a lot of it comes on special teams but, and, and, or on a turnover, which is a sudden change. And then bec- because what Coach described was the offense is coming on the field all fired up. The defense is coming on the field, still asking the question, what, what happened? And so offensive coordinators, will they love that moment to test a team deep, 
go for the big play because you you have a, a significant advantage when you're on the plus side of that sudden change. And BYU did. And they were able to take advantage of it. We talk about turnovers. That That's still... They turn the ball over on downs, yeah. right? So, so it's it's it doesn't count as a turnover, but it's a turnover. And so for for BYU, that was a huge play in this game. Well, if you're going to go by analytics and say, okay, these are the percentages, so the decision is let's go. Yeah. And then you go. Do you take into account the detrimental side of it if you don't get it? How do you factor that in? Do they have percentages on Oh, they that? have percentages on, on They didn't make it. And what did the offense do when they, they, they yeah. took the field? Did they drive down the field? Was the defense able to stop them? There, it there's, absolutely there's analytics energized. for all of that. It energized BYU's offense. You know, you and what, are they at home? Are they, are, you know, are they away? Though These are all parts of the analytics. And some coaches are 100% bought in to analytics and other coaches are yeah you know that's see the, wit blamed it yeah. on the card i mean wit said we've got a card that tells us when yeah, to go well, exactly, and that's when yeah. and that's what we did but <laughs> mr card hey it, it's easy but see you can deflect blame but, that way well, too. what you do is you look you, in their card they have it the, the situation's there fourth and two on the eight yard line you're moving the ball what's your percentages percentages are 75 percent you're going to make it 25% you're not. Well, let's go with the percentages, you know. I mean, but, yeah, they're, they're very uh, – they have an- analytics on on uh, how much energy players are using in practice. They have a- a- analytics on, on every down and distance percentages. They have all of that, you know. Uh, and they have a guy that – they have one guy just in practice has his computer. That's out all there, he does, and that's all he does. He's is just he's logging. He's logging in how much energy a player's using, you know how much he's doing. I mean, the game has has uh, changed considerably. Um, I think I think the, uh, the coach at SC failed to use his his analytics because he got his got his butt kicked and. and cost him his job we'll get to that coming up in the show because that yeah. that's a topic in and of itself yeah. what's and going then, on at usc yeah yeah, yeah but i can i i know the whole background of that deal and and also arizona state is in a lot bigger trouble than anybody thinks because i i got from one of the you know they got four coaches that got fired and i get it from the inside that they got so much dirt on them it's un, unbelievable the amount of things that, but they're not going to sanction them. Dirt on the entire program. And the entire program. But they're not going to do anything till the end of the season. Till after, yeah. yeah. So everyone's worried about that. Well, sure they are because they know it's all coming down. Mm. I got I got one question about the Utah game. Well, I have plenty of questions. <laughs> that, 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 But one that I, I think. Should we throw a tease on this? How about yeah, let's that? Let's throw yeah, a tease on give this. Us, give us a tease. It's, it's about one specific player for the Utes that, I, I think, and people I've talked to think, did not get enough touches oh, in this me, game. You tell about Covey? Don't run through the tees, Covey. Well, don't don't hey, run through hey, the tees. Hey, That's hey, coming up next. Hey, I do that hey, all the time. Just, hey, just because just because he's a Provo guy, you know, all of a sudden we're not giving Covey enough touches. Well, well, well then, hey, hey, how about those three tight ends? <laughs> I, I, would, I would be giving those guys more yeah. touches. Yeah. All right. We'll get to so, it coming up yeah. next. So, so <laughs> live, live, hey, we're going right back to the I'll, church again. Yeah. I, was <laughs> trying, I was trying to craft the tease there. It was good. You okay. did a good job. I spoiled it. I, 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 I already guessed. Okay. Well, let's see. Well, I got one thing I need to say. <laughs> All right. Live from the Mountain well, America I, Expo I, Center. You're, hey. not, you're not the one Olympus trying to keep glued to the radio. 9575 <laughs> South State Street, the RV suit. Super show. Uh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. That's what Gordon always says. Yeah. It's game week for the Cougars. 
And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After their emotional win against the Utes, BYU welcomes in another Pac-12 opponent as Arizona State rolls into Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 6 with a postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utes at 50 update. Here's running backs coach Kyle McDonald asked about uh, the role clock control will play against the Aztecs. Absolutely. You know, we kind of ran into that this past weekend. You know, uh, one offense is moving the change. Uh, the other one was kind of sputtering a little bit. So we got to stay on the field. We got to score touchdowns, not field goals. Subtape brought to you by Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Whether it's the classic Rickster, Killer, Handsome Rob, Pastrami, Fajita, or one of their killer breakfast burritos, don't forget their best shoestring fries out there. Marley's Gourmet Sliders will satisfy any hunger. Just off I-15 inside Timpanogos, Harley-Davidson. That is Marley's. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. The Utes head to Southern California to renew an old rivalry with the San Diego State Aztecs. Your home for the best coverage of Ute football is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Football Friday here on the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Coach Mack, Alema Harrington. Want to give a shout-out to Weber State fans. Number nine ranked Weber State football taking on number three, James Madison, coming up tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Purchase your tickets now at WeberStateSports.com or by calling 801-626-8500 or be the 12th caller right now. We've got a pair of tickets to give away, 855-340-ZONE, and you're going to go to the game. We'll get to LMSTs here in a sec, but hey, guys, a huge game you know for, gonna be for there. Weber State. Coach Mack is going to be there. Yeah. And I'm going to be there. You're calling the game. Yeah, I'll be calling the game along with Dave Fox and um, – uh, I think Frank Dolce or Tony Parks or Steve Tate. Somebody will be on the sidelines. But that that's a big game. Um, they played them a couple of times in the last several years. And, um, you know, you got two ranked teams clashing. And James Madison has always been good. They, they ran into them in the semifinals. And, and I think they learned a lot from that game where – they're in the semis, and they run into James Madison, and they, they Weber State was on such a nice roll, but then they ran into kind of a team with some some you know some playoff swagger, and um, there's a lot of players on this team for Weber State that played in this that last game, coach that that are a lot better this time around. Well, Weber's really good on defense, and they they. They haven't had a really, you know, in other words, they didn't do much offensively against Utah, which was kind of expected, I guess. And so we'll see what they do offensively against against James Madison. And I think there's going to be uh, a matter of controlling the tempo of the game, possessing the football, and, and not not doing anything to give James Madison a short field, you know, and and uh, kind of controlling that part of the game. But I think it'll be a very good football game, and I think it'll be, a, uh, my opinion, probably be a pretty low-scoring game. Alema, you had a tease. Reset, please. <laughs> so, and, you know, as I watched the game and I saw Britton Covey on the field, and I, I said this in our show last week, 
the legacy guys, the guys that have been around this rivalry as they were growing up, and and for Covey, of course, there's there's a lot of BYU in in his in his heritage and and in his pedigree, but Utah as well, but that that's a big game for him, right? So, don't you get him more touches, coach? Don't, and and I, 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 I granted the tight ends need more touches too, and there's there's other places I think that we can point to on the offense, but don't you find ways to, especially when you saw what what Arizona was able to do against BYU's defense with playmakers in space, don't you find more ways to get Covey touches in space and let him work his magic? Well, well the difference between uh, Arizona and BYU is BYU plays a, a really soft coverage in the back, so they're a, they're a drop eight, rush mm-hmm. three type team. So basically, in that in in Utah's offense, Covey runs a lot of the crossing routes, which is a man coverage, is man coverage stuff. So the crossers, you you pass them off. You know, in other words, yeah. like one linebacker to the other linebacker to the other. So as a guy passes out, you just bump him off. So what happens is, they they the over the top guys, the, the 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 X receiver, the Z receiver, those guys should be, there should be openings behind the linebackers, for those guys to make, the 12 to 14 yard, crow routes and those type things, uh, where where they gonna where they're gonna play. Their their philosophy is a bend but not break. I still, but I, I you know I understand what you're saying. So Covey's running and he's holding the linebackers. Safeties are deep, so you're trying to find that space in right. between that. Right. But don't you run something different? Find you know put something in that week, getting ready for the game to get Covey yeah. some some opportunities in space where you know that that he wants to shine and. Um, well, you know the crowd. You know the, well, the Utah crowd and the sideline would go nuts well, when Covey makes a big play. Well, first of all, Lima, you got to realize it's not a one-man game. Yeah, it's not. It's I feel not, like you're talking down to me now. Jesus, it's only because he is. <laughs> hey, hey, I tell you what, I tell you, Lima's an interesting guy because cause he can go. You know, he can put. He, he's learned this from being a. TV and radio guy, he can he can put it back on you. No, no, now you're talking down to me. <laughs> it's, it's your fault, Mac. Oh my God! I tell you what, hey, as you should, Coach. As you should. You have you have the the the, the knowledge and the experience. So well, well tell, tell me, tell me. Okay, well, <laughs> I would I would agree with you that he should have more touches. Yeah. Because he's a guy that can make things happen. You know, I don't see, I don't see their X and Z guys as guys that can make things happen. Yeah, that's the issue. Because I haven't seen even against Weber, you know, uh, I didn't see the X and Z guy. Like, am I frightened of those guys? You know, is, are they going to beat me deep? But I, I'm scared of the tight ends. Yeah. Because the tight ends can all, and and you got to figure out how you're going to cover those guys. And if you're going to get the, the ball to Covey, and you you already know how BYU is going to play, then you got to design stuff to get him the ball in space. And so you can do it in the screen game. You could do it. There's a lot of things you could do, but you got to. So you got to look for a mismatch. And probably at the end of the game, when they're looking at their film, they're probably saying, "Well." We should have got the ball more to this guy in this situation. We had an ideal matchup here, an ideal matchup here. So I don't know what all they saw on their film. And and they and they they brought BYU brought more blitzes than they normally would. And in their blitz situations, they always had a guy free. So they they, they did a good job of understanding the protection. And a good job of how you beat the protection. So, so yeah, you got to give them give them credit. And then, a lot of the times, the running back is in a dual read situation. 
So he's checking this to this. You bluff on one side. He's he's looking at that guy, and then you bring a backer on the other side, and that backer's probably going to be free because you're you know you're you're faking over here. Running backs stepping up into the B gap to pick up that guy that dropped. Then he drops yeah. out, and here and comes. Now you don't have a running back in a route. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So it's it's um, and you you got to give you know give BYU credit for what they did. Give their defensive coaches credit. Give the offensive coaches credit. You know, so when you got a game like that, you give credit to the people that, you know, it's all, yeah, we just, uh, we got outplayed. We got outcoached on this particular day. You know, when we come back, you see what I'm doing here. Did you just stomp on my tees? I was just about to throw out a When we come back, we need to find out about what I was eager to talk about, and that was that situation with nine minutes to play in the fourth quarter when the Utes were threatening to get close. And, well, they did come within six. And then BYU's answer to that? I mean, is that not sort of a, 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 a metaphor for the entire game? Oh, I, I, would, I would agree. We can get to that. Uh, i got to find out what Coach knows about USC. Anybody else but me eager to get to, to find out about that, too? Because it sounds like we got the inside See, story the sitting is, right over there. He, not only does he know what's going on at USC, he knows what, what's going on at Arizona State. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. We've got to get to that at some hey, point. Hey, I got scoop. <laughs> we got a busy 3 o'clock hour coming up straight ahead live. Bob from Woodward, the Coach yes, Woodward. RV Super Show. Get here. 9575 South State Street. Going on through the weekend. It is the place to be. What they say yesterday, Gordon? How many units do they have uh, out here on site here ready to go? An eye under like 400. Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah, you can find something for you. So come on out here and check it out. More next on Football Friday on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Brian Fisher from Athlon Sports. What do you expect this weekend from that Sun Devils-Cougars matchup here in Provo? It's going to be interesting because I'm not quite sure that Arizona State has been playing up to their potential. I mean, this is a team that, you know, frankly, had it not been for the NCAA investigation and everything that's been going on off the field, then you could make a legitimate case this is probably one of the favorites in the Pac-12 South. I don't think they've been quite as sharp offensively. You kind of expect a little bit more, and, and we haven't quite seen that. I think that's kind of reflected in this close line. I mean, BYU is playing well. They've got a lot of momentum coming into this. And, and as you guys know, they take these games against Pac-12 opponents seriously. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if BYU comes in there and just physically makes ASU pay in the trenches in particular in this game. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.